This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Welcome back to Hello Healthy. I'm your host, Caitlin White. And today, we're talking about breast cancer in the age of COVID-19. Joining us is Dr. Nicole Gordon, a breast surgical oncologist at Dignity Health. Now, doctor, breast cancer is one of the most common cancers in women. So what are some signs and symptoms of breast cancer? Well, under ideal circumstances, there would be no signs or symptoms. That's usually That usually occurs when there is more of a delay in diagnosis and it wasn't picked up on screening. So ideally, if a patient is undergoing regular screening exams, the patient can't really feel a mass at all. And that usually is a sign that it's an early cancer and there are more treatment options and the overall prognosis is better. However, if you're going to do self-breast exams and it's been a while since your mammogram and it's okay, it's still important to examine your breasts. And if you feel a mass, that's actually what's critical. If you feel a mass, immediately you have to be evaluated whether or not you've had previous breast imaging um, at all. So usually women, they feel a mass or they can even feel a mass in their armpit. For the more early breast cancers, if they feel something, it's sometimes it, what people describe it as is a hard pee. Uh, you know, I really haven't felt it as much. On one occasion, I did, and interestingly, originally it was called a cancer, and then actually ended up being benign when I took it out. Just something that's different than you haven't felt before in your breasts, and it's a mass. Very rarely is it pain. If you have skin changes, honestly, that's a more progressed breast cancer, but again, get evaluated immediately. You already talked about how screening is so important. Just how often should women be performing self-breast exams? At least once a month. Pick a date. (laughs) Like you pay rent, pay your mortgage, (laughs) do an exam. And that doesn't stop, really. It doesn't stop. And, you know, for women who are menstruating, they really know when to do their exams. Obviously, they're or not obviously, to many women, they don't know, but um, oftentimes leading up to the monthly visitor, breast cysts can occur, the tissue can get a little bit more swollen, so maybe then is not the best time, and just do it after your menses. And for women who are in menopause, you know, it really doesn't matter as much because the hormones aren't fluctuating and changing the breast tissue. But really, once a month, and You know, you don't have to be very exact when you do it. Just be methodical and do it the same way every time. And what I tell women is, if you just picture it, pretend that your breasts are like a bag of marbles. Pretend your breasts are like a bag of marbles. You have big ones, little ones, and medium ones. You're trying to figure out if someone threw a rock in there because that rock doesn't feel the same as the others. And that's when you should really get checked out. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, when should we women get our first mammograms, and then how often should we continue to get them? There are many different approaches, but for the general population, assuming you don't have a family history of breast cancer, and more importantly, you don't have a genetic mutation, really start at age 40. There is some debate amongst institutions, whether or not you should start at 40 or 45, but really you pick up more breast cancers when you start at the age of 40. And then there is some wiggle room between 40 and 45 as to how often, but definitely effective age 45 annually thereafter, meaning every single year. As we age a little bit, there is some data that says that you can maybe pull it out to once every one and a half, maybe two years, 
But really, I say just stick to every year because if something pops up, which on screening exams, that's what happens. You know, you, you, pot, you, you catch an early cancer. So I definitely advocate for once every year. And again, this is assuming you don't feel a breast mass. If you feel a breast mass, it's right now. <laughs> don't wait. Don't wait for your annual. Just come in right now. As for the patients who have a genetic mutation or a strong family history, the first thing I would really suggest for the strong family history is get genetic testing because if you actually turn out to have a mutation, it changes the game altogether. Okay. And generally I would advocate, you know, starting your screening earlier than 40, 45, if the onset, the age of onset of the breast cancer is, let's see, if, you know, you start the screening, I would say 10 years before the onset of the earliest family member who has been diagnosed with breast cancer. So it might be a little bit earlier. For women who have genetic mutations, like the Angelina Jolie mutation, she has that famous BRCA1 mutation, believe it or not, screening starts at 25, starts as early as 25, okay? So, and the patients don't get mammograms because their breast tissue is a little bit too dense. They actually begin with MRIs. And then at age 30, they start with mammograms. So I know it's a little complicated, but the vast majority of those patients who have a mutation or strong family history, that's the, that's the minority and not the majority. The general rule of thumb is start at age 40, do it every year, and if you feel something, do it right now. COVID-19 has, of course, been affecting all aspects of healthcare, and we have been reminding people to not put off their other health issues. So just again, why is continuous screening so important even during this time? Oh, it's super important. I've had patients come in that said, you know, a really unfortunate scenario that I've seen just in the past year where patients didn't get their mammograms and they're presenting with very advanced disease. And advanced disease is characterized by bigger breast cancers and lymph node involvement. If you have lymph node involvement, it's a much more of a challenge to get a cure. It commits a patient basically to chemotherapy. So I have a couple of patients who are currently undergoing chemotherapy right now because they unfortunately missed their mammograms and, and then they started to feel something and they were just waiting to get a call back. Don't wait. Here at CVCC, we will see you. If you have a mask, we will see you. It doesn't matter what's going on from the COVID perspective. We will see you. But that's why it's so important to stay on top of your screenings. This might be anecdotal evidence, but I have many colleagues friends who are hospitalists, meaning they are the doctors that take care of you in the hospital for your medical needs, and they've been overwhelmed even before this latest surge, and that is because many of their patients are presenting sicker, and it's just because they didn't go and seek care during the shutdown or at the height of the pandemic, and understandably so, but now we're coming from behind. So really, that's why it's important to stay on top of it because, you know, these other diseases don't stop happening just because we have a COVID surge or we have a pandemic. So tell us about some of those precautions that CBCC and Dignity Health are taking to ensure the safety of patients during COVID-19. Right. 
So, you know, at least from a mammogram and ultrasound perspective, we've decreased the number of patients that we see every day because we clean the rooms thoroughly in between patients. Just period. That's off the bat. Okay. That's, that's at CBCC. Also, all of our colleagues, all of our workers, we are all masked. So it really decreases the risk of getting an infection and giving an infection between patient and provider, period. At Dignity, I can attest that everybody, it's the same thing. Everybody's wearing a mask and uh, we limit actually the number of patients that can come to the OR in the pre-op area to see them before their loved one goes in for an operation. But the truth is, is that, you know, that's been ongoing for quite some time. But, you know, at the hospital, generally speaking, it's pretty sterile to begin with. So really, Dignity hasn't had to make that many changes. It's more along the lines of how many guests are present. And yes, everybody's masked. Now, if a diagnosis of breast cancer does occur, what treatment options are available? The standard treatments for breast cancer include the following. One, surgery. Surgery, surgery, surgery. Number two, radiation. And three, medicine. So really that includes chemotherapy and then also the really one of the most powerful medicines that we have is anti-hormonal therapy. And so to begin with surgery, what are the options? Uh, you can, the two classic options are, assuming that we're catching this early, are a lumpectomy where we take out the tumor plus a normal or a rim of normal tissue around it just to make sure that the edges are clear of tumor from a microscopic perspective. And then there's also a mastectomy where we, we remove the entire breast. Okay, those are the classic options. If there's lymph node involvement, then we have to take out all the lymph nodes. But if the lymph nodes aren't involved, we usually take one or two just to effectively stage a patient and make sure that there hasn't been any early spread. From a radiation perspective, you know, really this is where breast cancer gets a little bit more nuanced and tailored to the patient care experience. So if you have a lumpectomy, you definitely get radiation. It's just lumpectomy radiation. And we've already done all of the studies. If you don't get the radiation with your lumpectomy, then 20% of women, will the, that breast cancer will come back within five years. It's pretty powerful data. So if you have a lumpectomy, you get radiation. Generally speaking, the only time you get radiation for when a patient has a mastectomy is if there's skin involvement or they have lymph node involvement. And so we just have to make sure that those lymph node basins are covered for any potential spread. And then finally, for the medications, really, the chemo comes into play, like I mentioned before, if there's lymph node involvement, that's number one. Two, if there's any question, any positive margins, if you just couldn't clear all the tumor off with surgery, then sometimes that is considered, but really that's also reserved for radiation. But then also it's the kind of breast cancer that patients have. And really, breast cancer has pioneered the way in the understanding of solid organ cancers in that breast cancer isn't just one kind of cancer. There are many different kinds of breast cancer. And so uh, because of that, in fact, there's one kind of cancer that's treated in particularly with what's called immunotherapy, and it's revolutionized the way that we treat those patients, and their outcomes are much better. So chemo isn't... It's, 
think of chemo like antibiotics. You don't always use the same antibiotic for this for every single bacterial infection. You tailor it according to what kind of bacteria is growing. Same thing for breast cancer. And then finally, because there are different types of breast cancers, many of them, the vast majority of them have estrogen receptors on them, meaning that the tumor is responsive to estrogen. So we can give estrogen-blocking agents, and that accomplishes two things. One, it keeps it from coming back within the breast, but also importantly, elsewhere in the body. And then finally, if you have breast tissue still, for example, you have your other breast, it actually decreases the risk of ever developing a breast cancer. So many treatments, many treatments for breast cancer. Doctor, we've covered a lot here today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? You know, really, I think that we've covered a lot of ground. And, you know, it's just, I think that the point of this podcast, for me at least, is just to please keep coming. Our doors are open. They, they're staying open. And really, it's better to address something sooner rather than later. We have more options. And the overall goal, I know from the standpoint of CBCC, Dignity, and definitely myself, is that we want this, if you are diagnosed with breast cancer, we just want this to be ultimately just a bump in the road, something that you see in the rearview mirror, something that we can address early on, and you can then live out the rest of your life uh, happy and healthy. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gordon, for sharing with us today. Find out more about us online at DignityHealth.org slash Bakersfield slash Cancer Care. You can also find more interesting and informative podcasts in our podcast library and be sure to share them with your loved ones. This has been Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. I'm Caitlin White. Stay well.